With slow, ponderously rhythmical steps, the oxen moved. Each step a pause and an effort, each movement a deadening drag. Fine white dust hung in a sifting cloud above the wagon train, caking the nostrils of animals and men, blanketing the lean sides of oxen and horses, dusting with a thin film the clothing of men and women. Red-rimmed and bloodshot eyes stared with dazed weariness into the limitless distance before them, seeing nothing, knowing nothing. Long since, all had been forgotten but heat, dust, and aching muscles. Each succeeding step lifted a powdery dust, stifling and irritating. It lay a foot deep on the endless plain, drowning the sparse grass and sage. Rock Bannon, riding away from the train and alone, drew in his steel dust stallion and turned in the saddle, looking back over the covered wagons. Sixteen of them in a long line with some lead horses and a few outriders, yet not one who rode so far out as himself. From where he sat, he could not see their faces, but in the days just past, he'd seen them many times, and the expression of each was engraved in his mind. Haggard, worn, hungry for rest and cool water. He knew that in the secret heart of each was a longing to stop. The vision was in them yet, the golden promise of the distant hills offering a land of milk and honey, the fair and flowering land sought by all wandering peoples of whatever time and whatever place. No hardship would seem too great, no trail too long, no mountains impassable when the vision was upon them. It was always and forever the same when men saw the future opening beyond the hills where the sun slept. Yet this time the vision must hold meaning. This time the end of the trail must bring realization. For they brought their women and children along. All had done so but Rock Bannon. He had neither woman nor child, nor anyone, anywhere. He had a horse and a saddle, a ready gun, and a mind filled with the lore of the trail, eyes ever fixed on something he wanted, something faint and indistinct in outline, ever distant, yet ever real. Only of late, as he rode along on the far flank of the wagon train, had that something begun to take shape and outline, and the shape was that of Sharon Crockett. His somber green eyes slanted back now to the last wagon where the red-gold hair of Sharon on the driver's seat was aflame, no dust could dim. In the back of that heavily loaded wagon was Tom Crockett, her father, stirring, restless with fever and hurt, nursing a bullet wound in his thigh, a memento of the battle with Buffalo Hides warriors. From the head of the train came a long, melodious halloo, and Cap Mulholland swung his arm in a great circle, and the lead oxen turned ponderously to swing in the beginning of the circle. Rock touched the gray with his heels and rode slowly toward the wagon train. He was never sure these days as to his reception. Cap's beard was white with dust as he looked up. Weariness and worry showed in his face. Rock, he said, we could sure use a little fresh meat. We're all a mite short on rations, and you seem to be the best hunter amongst us. All right, Rock said. I'll see what I can do after I get Crockett's wagon in place. Mulholland's head turned sharply. Bannon, I'd let that girl alone if I were you. No offense intended, but she ain't your kind. You, I ain't denying you've been a side of help to us. In fact, 
I don't know what we'd have done without you. We're glad you came along, but Sharon Crockett's another story. Her paws bedded down now and in no shape to speak. Bannon turned the steel dust sharply. His face was grim and his jaw hard. Did he ask you to speak to me, or did she? Well, no, no, not exactly, Mulholland said uncomfortably. But I'm heading this train. Well, then I'll thank you to mind your own business. Heading this wagon train is job enough for any man. Anytime the Crockett's ask me to stay away, I'll stay, but that's their affair. Mulholland's face flushed and his eyes darkened with anger. She ain't your kind, he persisted. You being a killer and all. Rock Bannon stared at him. You didn't seem to mind my killing Indians, he said sarcastically. In fact, you killed a few yourself. Oh, don't get me wrong, Cap persisted. I ain't gainsaying you ain't helped us. Without you, I don't know if we could have beat off those Indians or not, but killing Indians and killing our own kind is a lot different thing. You're new to the West, Cap. Bannon's voice was rough. In a short time, you'll find there's men out here that need killing a sight worse than Indians. In fact, I'm not so sure those Indians jumped us without help. What do you mean, Mulholland demanded. I mean, Bannon said, that Morton Harper told you there'd be no hostile Indians on this route. I warned you of Buffalo Hide then, but he told you he ranged further north. You took his advice on this trail, not mine. 